you're starting with the ums. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that's what post-editing is for. What? Post-production. That's the word I was looking for. So, this is my podcast again. Same, same, but different. And I'm here with two of my biggest supporters of the podcast. Um, well, it's not your carry <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who have their own podcast that's called Two Guys. Um, so, yeah, keep your eye out for that. And so... <laughs> Sponsored by Dole Pineapple. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, one of these people is my brother, Noah, who, um, is great, and I love him. And then the other person is my basically brother, Chris, who has been Noah's best friend since... Like, 15 years? Wow. We're not friends. (laughs) We're kind of old. We're we're more like acquaintances. Ooh. Well, are you... Talk to me when when it's 20 years. (laughs) I told James that... He was your favorite acquaintance, or your, yeah, he's your favorite acquaintance, because... You're gonna have to break the bad news to him now. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. Um, so this summer, we went on a trip about a month, no, that was like two months ago. Honestly, guys, the time flies. A month and a half-ish, something like that. Um, we went to Spain to walk part of the Camino de Santiago. We walked 161 miles. Um, some people walk more because of their, uh, their ability to get lost, and, um, Or not know where we're staying, walk three miles past the destination, well, <laughs> have to turn around. That too, <laughs> that too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was just, like, a really great experience, and Noah and Chris and I were kind of, and our friend Juliana were kind of, like, the core people who, um, wanted to go in the first place, and then... Uh, Father Steve, our priest friend who I've mentioned before, he was like, hey, do you guys want to do the Camino? And then we were like, yeah. And then everyone decided that inviting someone was a good idea, and suddenly it grew from 5 to 16. And, but it was great. The 16 people was great. So I was just like, let's get together and talk about the Camino, because that's, like, a really unique experience, it's really cool, there are a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of things to learn. Noah went on the Camino before, so what would you say was, like, the biggest difference between this, this Camino and the one you went on before? Um, well, I'm glad you gave that little intro, because I kind of forgot what we were talking about today, so... (laughs) I'm glad he got everyone everyone involved up, yeah. up to speed here. Um, I think, so the first time I went, we did about half of what we did this time. Uh, we only did about 75 miles, which is the shortest amount you can walk and still get the certificate that says that you did it. Should we, yeah, should we explain a little bit more about what we, like, yeah, what the Camino is? Yeah, that was probably a good idea. Chris, yeah. give us a Camino introduction. What is yeah. the Camino? So, uh, the Camino de Santiago is the way of St. James, and so there's the call from Jesus to the apostles to go to the ends of the earth, and St. James went to Santiago, Spain, which is what was considered the ends of the earth at the time. It's one of the most famous pilgrimage sites in the world. The third. 
They're mostly behind, behind the Holy Land in Rome. Right. Um, so there's, you know, there's lots of different routes for the Camino. We walked the, what's called the Camino Francaise, which is one of the most popular routes. Um, so it's uh, a lot of time for prayer and quiet reflection, and then you end in Santiago at the tomb of St. James. And then you get a fancy certificate that says you walked really far. Yeah, yeah, if you walk 100 kilometers and you get, they give you these little passports and you go to little, like, restaurants and um, hostels, they call them albergues there along the way, they'll stamp them for you, and you can turn it into the office in Santiago and they give you your Compostela, which is, like, a, the fancy certificate. Yeah. It's all in Latin. Even your names are in Latin. I was, like, I wanted to look at what mine was again, because, like, my name is six extra letters long when it's Latin. I think mine got shorter. Really? Chris, just Christopher, Christophe, I don't know. What would be the, what's the last name version of Christopher? I don't remember. I Chris, just, Christus? I, I think it was no, shorter. No, Christ. Not Christus. name is Daniels. You just said you there, there is a lady at work who always sends emails and like she always adds like plus Christ. And, like, she sees my email signature says Chris. She's everything else. But she refers to me as Christ for, like, a year. And everybody, like, sends me notes and be like, are you not telling us something? Right. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, the son of God. I've definitely, a lot of times, written your name, but written it as Christ. And I'm being like, ooh, that's not, that's not his name. That's I not used his to name. write cards, like, at Christmas, and I'd forget I was writing Christmas instead of Christopher. So it'd be like, Merry Christopher, love Christmas. <laughs> and I'd be like, crap, gotta redo this. Oh, yeah. But anyway, that's like kind of what the Camino is. And Noah, you were talking about the differences from the last trip to this one. Yeah, so I went with the Sacred Heart Major Seminary. Um, it was like a discernment trip, just a bunch of guys who had either were planning on joining seminary or were just kind of trying to figure out, you know, if that's what they were supposed to be doing. Um, and there were also three priests, two deacons, and some guys who were already in seminary. Um, with us and a bishop right? and yeah bishop, bishop Hanchen was there as well um, which was cool because he kind of got us into a few places I think that we wouldn't have been able to get in before um, so that was a really cool experience uh, my brother was there Zach and some like a few other guys I knew um, and it was a really good group of guys but I didn't really know a lot of them very well um, and so this time the two biggest difference was the group we were with um, it was like almost all, you know, sounds like a few people that I've gotten to know really well since then, but, you know, didn't know super well starting the trip, like, we're just really, a lot of my really close friends, like him and my sister, Chris, and then just a, a handful of others that were, um, you know, very, very close friends. Uh, so we're friends now. I mean, we'll, we'll talk after. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then just the, the, the part of the trip that we did this time that we didn't do last time was really cool because there's a lot of like mountainous terrain and really beautiful landscapes which I really really enjoy um, and we got to go to the town of Osobrero and where there is a Eucharistic miracle uh, spot there which was really cool to see that and it was at the top of a mountain so it was like a really beautiful sunset we got to see and um, so yeah just they're just kind of little differences but I think um, this trip had a bigger impact on me, uh, just because I think, I've been telling everyone that, like, the, the, one of the best parts of this trip for me was just the group of people and how 
everyone just kind of came together and no one was difficult and yeah, it was just it just made the trip amazing. So yeah, I think just like what you were saying with the four of us who kind of got the trip going and then what Noah was saying about the group, I really feel like the Holy Spirit blessed the group so much because we got started, there was five of us and we said, we're going to cap the group at six to eight people. So it's easy to like plan because we don't have all that much time. And then we were all going to invite one or two people and it's kind of spiraled out of control from there <laughs> to where, so I invited four people because two people told me they couldn't go. I invited two more people thinking I'll get maybe one person and like all four people I invited ended up coming on the trip and there were things like um one of our friends who's in seminary who I invited said he was going to come he dropped out and then I jokingly asked our other friend like do you want to come on Camino and he was like yeah let's go and I was like do you know what the Camino is and he said no I, I don't know I'm like you know it's going to cost like a lot of money to fly to Spain he's like yeah I don't care I have money and I can't imagine the trip without him or anyone else on our group it was just really blessed and I was joking with uh another one of the people on from Camino the other day I was like I honestly like everyone on the trip you know people say there's always that one difficult person that like everybody can't stand and I was like so I guess I was that person because I still <laughs> like everyone who's on this trip it was just such a blessing yeah father I was talking to a friend of the show uh, Father Steve, and I was saying that... One of the that, original instigators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was just saying that, you know, I thought that was one of the, the best parts of the trip for me was the group, and he was like, well, you know, he was just giving me a hard time saying, like, oh, I think getting closer to God was the best part of the trip for me, kind of thing, and I was like, well, I think, like, that group was definitely a catalyst for, like, just because everyone was, like, super faithful Catholic, and just, like, being in a group of people like that for two weeks was, like... A testament for me and I'm sure everyone else of like oh you like this like you can have a big group of like really cool young people and still be like a really you know what what some people might call like a Jesus freak or like you know someone who's like oh you know this this weird person is like way too into their faith or whatever but mm -hmm. just be like father God is always a part of my group yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know about you yeah. <clears throat> yeah um you went Chris went to Lord, you went to France beforehand. Like, yeah. how do you think that set you up for Camino? Um, it's weird. I kind of think of it as being two different trips. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a small group of us who could get a little bit more time off from work, and so we wanted to go to Lourdes. So I actually spent, I was probably in Europe longer than anyone, I think. I spent a couple days in Paris, and I got to go out to the coast a little bit, San Malo and Mont Saint-Michel, which was really just a lot of solitude because I don't speak French like hardly anything um so it was four days of just beautiful countryside and like quiet reflection and I didn't think I realized how much I needed that because work was pretty crazy beforehand um and then a few other people who came on Camino with us met up with me and uh, we got to do a day trip at Le Sioux and St. Therese is really special to me like I had a I got to pray at her tomb, had a really beautiful moment there. Um, and then going to Lourdes is, it strengthens your faith in weird ways. So one of my favorite parts about it was they do a big Eucharistic procession every night. And there was probably 1,500 people there. And so every night at 9 o'clock in Lourdes, France, 
there are 1,500 people. Like, even though it was kind of rainy the one night and the wind is blowing, everybody has these candles and they're, like, lighting candles off each other and singing Marian hymns. It was, it's been such a strength and so, so strengthening for my faith. Just, like, anytime I'm having a down night, I'm just, like, somewhere in France right now, they're doing a presentation. There's 1,500 people praising Our Lady. And it was so beautiful. And it, was, it set me up really well for the Camino just because that quiet reflection in the beginning and then um, getting to, to pray with Our Lady and St. Therese at those holy sites beforehand and then going on Camino and just getting to... One of my favorite parts about Camino is you can walk with people a lot of the time or you can take time and just walk by yourself. So in the beginning of the trip, I took two days and I walked like 10 or 15 miles alone. And some of those were like the rougher days hiking. And there's there's definitely some moments where you're just like, God, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have all these feelings? And it it was a great way to kick it off. I feel like it made my Camino experience so much more powerful that I got that time alone in the beginning and then at those sites. When you said, God, why do I have so many? And all I thought was, well, God, why do I have so many blisters? Not so many feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, when I was asking, God, why do I have so many blisters? Yeah. I was going to say something, and I totally spaced out about it. Like, what? What was I even thinking? Like, I don't know, man. It had something to do with my experience. But... So, yeah, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about yeah. your experience either spiritually like on the Camino or even the aftermath of it yeah. so what what was like a big thing for you yeah oh this is what I was gonna say. so like Noah and I have been talking about doing the Camino for like probably three or four years now yeah and when we initially like the four of us who kind of initially whatever were the catalysts we were gonna go with a different group and um we were kind of deciding whether we were going to commit to this trip or not and like Chris and Juliana had and then I was asking Noah I was like no what's the why haven't you committed or what's holding you back or whatever and he was like well we always said we would do it together and I was like <laughs> uh, okay I'll do it with you um but yeah, did you guys because we, we like had deposits down already right did you guys play deposits in the other trip yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we were all we were we were signed we up to were, go in group yeah Never got that money back. Hmm. It's Kevin. Kevin. So it's, yeah, I don't no, know I think that. it was Kevin. <laughs> I'm pretty sure well, it was Kevin. <laughs> so we don't defame his name on for the millions listening. Right. We'll just call him Kevin. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, Ken. He was a great dude. Yeah, I he was really yeah. nice. And, and he was from they, Michigan. And they seem like they were a great group. Yeah. And, like, they, yeah. they've done some great work, so I don't think we'd be defaming their name. But yeah. It was clear to that the Holy Spirit had other plans in yes. mind for us, and yeah. it worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. So, so that was, I mean, just kind of going into it, knowing that was like a really big blessing. And then two, like, um, <laughs> the friend of the show, Father Steve, he, it was always kind of in the back of my mind whenever I thought about doing it. I was like, man, I really wish I could do it with Father Steve and Noah, right? Like the two main gingers in same, my life. Same, same thing. Right. I mean, they're basically the same person at this point. Um, you guys are brothers, right? Twins, actually. Oh, you're older, right? Five minutes, yeah. Five minutes older, yeah. Um, So, I mean, that kind of in and of itself was just, like, a a really big blessing knowing that that was going to happen. Like, but honestly, going into it, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many people. Like, I knew, um, we're mentioning Father Steve a lot, but we had been talking about it before it happened, and he said it 
I really believe that the Lord has really big things for the for our group on this trip, and um, and I took that to heart. I think that was really I really did believe that, and I I do believe that. It's not like something that I stopped believing, but um, yeah. I mean, I think just on the on the Camino itself, I kind of as I look back on it, I view it as kind of like a reintroduction into living the Christian life because the Christian life is, um, I think it's very regimented and it's very, you have to live within a structure of some sort. And before Camino, I was just like not living in that, any kind of structure. I was just kind of like living in, in a sort of chaos that was like all over the place. Um, and then when I went on the Camino, it was like, okay, so you're doing the same thing every day. You're, you know, you you get up, you eat breakfast, drink your coffee, and then you start walking. And, um, and then we would get to the town and we would like shower and get checked into our hostel and stuff like that. And then we would have mass and then we would go out for dinner. Like it was always the same every night for the most part. It's an organized sort of chaos. Right. There's all kinds of like little things like how are we going to do laundry? Who's sleeping where? Where are we going to go? Yeah. We really fell into a rhythm where it was. Yeah. And usually, I mean, even like laundry, Alex always did the laundry. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mom, she. Mom number one. Mom number one, Alex. She. Yeah. Uh, queen among women. Oh, yes, I like that. Um, so, yeah, like, it was just kind of like a regimented. Um, and it, like, reminded me how good, uh, like, schedules and um, structure is for my life. And so I think ever since I got back, it was easier for me to put put structures in my life to be like, okay, I'm going to get up and go to mass every day um, and get up and, you know, just get up, drink my coffee, go to mass. You know, like every day it's kind of the same. And that's been helpful for me. Um, and just kind of like re recommitting to prayer and recommitting to, um, yeah, like I said, kind of living the Christian life. I would say, like, it wasn't, like, the whole trip was really great, and, like, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed all the people and stuff, but, like, one of the things I didn't, I didn't have, like, a really big spiritual experience, I would say, during the time, but, like, that was one thing that, like, like me saying, like, every six seconds, um, at the end, when we were in Santiago, it was, I was, like, mad at God, which, shocker, I was mad at God, um, but I was kind of upset at God, and I was like, dude, like, why can't you just let me have some kind of experience, like, I just, and I had been having a couple rough days, like, at the end, and it was really hard to keep walking, and then, um, I got to Santiago, and we were, I was just, like, chilling there in the chapel, and I was looking at the, the, um, Arlia Saros chapel, um, and I was just, like, I was, yeah, I was frustrated, and the Lord just very clearly was like, this is, like, another thing you can offer up for all the people that you've brought with you, and that was very humbling to, to hear that, um, and, like, some, I know, like, a lot of people, this was, like, a very life-changing experience for them, and I don't know that I would, like, categorize it as that for me, like, I, it was very powerful, and it was very, um, like, I'm really glad I did, and I really feel like it was something the Lord wanted me to do, but, like, I think, if anything, it was just kind of, um, a time for me to, to step away from, you know, like, work and everything going on, and, 
um, and just kind of be alive and be a person and be in community with people and stuff like that. Like, it was just very, I feel like it was very simple, and that was what I needed in the time, you know, like, um, so, also the Boots of Romero was probably the best thing of all time. Yes. So, um. Giant thurible that hangs from the ceiling and weighs like 100 pounds, and it, it's, it's amazing. Well, our, our group actually, even we specially donated, so they would use it, because, like, it costs so much money for them to use, and one of our other, the other two priests on our trip, not, not Father Steve. Not Father Steve. We're, we're just going to keep, we're just going to say his name as much as possible on this podcast. Right. <laughs> Friend of the show, Father yeah. Steve. <laughs> um, the other, the other priest who was with us got to load the boat of Fumira with all the coals, which is, it was awesome. Yeah. Father Paul, also a friend of the podcast. Um, a friend to many. Long time, <laughs> long time listener and friend of the show, Father <laughs> Paul. <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. Um, yeah, the Boots of Mirror, that was baller. Like, I keep telling people, they ask me, like, what was your favorite thing? And I say, like, it was definitely getting to Santiago, because I think a lot of times with those kind of experiences, when you get to the final thing that you're doing, like, it can be kind of underwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, there was all this buildup, and it just wasn't what I, it wasn't as, like, whoo, as I thought it would be, like, mm-hmm. but I think for me, it, excuse me, um, it was, like, it was, it was, like, it was, it was so much more, even, than I thought it would be, and that was a really, really cool thing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it, you mentioned the routine, and, like, walking into Santiago, there's so much that happens throughout the day and like you've all these awesome conversations with people either random strangers that you meet or people on the group but you have that time in silence and there's nothing it's like and then other than Osabrero with like the beautiful sunset and Eucharistic miracle a lot of these little towns you stop in aren't super there's not a ton to be like oh and there was the roller coaster in that town and that is where we saw the Eiffel Tower there's not a whole lot like that so it's hard to give concrete highlights of the trip because it's not even necessarily like there's one thing about a day that makes Mm -hmm. it so amazing but I felt the same way walking into Santiago there was a moment where um I I coordinated a lot of stuff for the trip and kind of was like organizing it (laughs) so it's just like having helped and through the planning Mm -hmm. so much and coordinating stuff I was actually ended up in front of the group at one point and I turned around and saw like all 15 people who were with us and it was a, a really beautiful moment because I got to turn around. I had one of those, I feel like a lot of the time in life you're not really like, I'm really not sure if this is where I'm supposed to be. And I had a moment where it was like, I was supposed to be here. I was supposed to be coordinating this trip. Mm-hmm. And it ties in really nicely with um, what another friend of ours who'd done the Camino before said. And then um, me and someone else on the trip talked about this as well. I think she even said it in her testimony. When you're walking on the Camino, there's like there's markings there's like shells and arrows that kind of point the way as you go but there'll be times where you walk a mile sometimes like through a vineyard or like through some wooded path and you're like am I going the right way (laughs) and yeah we already mentioned people getting lost but Mm -hmm. you see you see one of those signposts and it's like I'm on the right way and there's like this little like this little you like want to put your fist up in here and be like yeah there's just like this little jump for joy and I really felt yeah walking into Santiago was one of those ways for me it was like I saw a sign in my life as opposed to just a sign on the journey yeah there were there were two times when I almost went the wrong way and some very nice people like one the first time 
I was looking at my phone, and I'm walking along, you know, I was by myself, I was walking by myself, and this lady's like, what did she say? She's like, hola, 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 <laughs> and she's like yelling at me, and I'm like, uh, what, and then she's like, points the other way, so that was good, and then the other time, there was a guy like literally sitting next to the sign, and he was like, it's this way, my friend, it's this way, I was like, okay, but what are you going to say, Noah? I was just like, look, as far as the markings go, yeah, like, a lot of the, there was a lot of, like, official markings, like, signs or, like, concrete pillars or, like, peels this way, but sometimes you're going off of, like, a yellow spray-painted arrow on right. a tree, and you're like, ooh, right. I guess this is right, like, um, but, yeah. Did you guys even pass the one, there's, this is one of the days where there's, I think, two or three different ways to go, and... I was walking alone through this one little path, and it's like, you're going down this wooded trail, and these things go in two different directions, mm. I'm like, dang it, I'm looking around, like, there's no, I can't find an arrow anywhere, and I look at the ground, and someone took sticks, and, like, it blended in perfectly, because there's sticks all over the ground, and they made an arrow out of the sticks, oh like, a little gosh. one, and I was like, either somebody's really messing with me, or this is the way it is, so I went that way, and it worked out, I got, I caught up with, like, the group shortly thereafter, and it was just, I just wasn't looking in the right place for the sign. Oh, yeah. Um, what day was hardest for you guys? Um, so we walked for 11 days, just for reference. Yeah, so... Somebody lied about the route. Like, Ooh, who was that? Profusely. Who was I mean, like, Some, somebody be lying. Somebody be so, lying. Somebody had an elevation profile, and mm, people were, like, asking that? for details, and, you know, let's just say... He maliciously lied to people regularly <laughs> mm-hmm. about what it was to confuse them. Yeah. And so the the hard what was supposed to be the hardest day, I think was maybe the second or third hardest day, which was the climb into Osaburo, which is the mm-hmm. highest point of the trip that we did. And it's you go up like, I don't know, half a mile or a mile, but it's only over it's over a very short run. There's only like a couple miles to do it in, so it's a really steep climb. And that was difficult. But the hardest day for me was the day before Osobrero, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be like 20 miles, I think, and ended up, most of us, I think, checking phones or whatever, ended up walking 25 or more miles, because our, our, our hostel was on the opposite side of the town that we got to, so you'd get to the yeah. town and be like, we're here, and it was surprise, you have to navigate your way through the right. town for like another two miles. And it wasn't like the town was like a flat town. It was, like, really hilly and had, like, all these different things to walk or up and down. And I was just like... Yeah, bridges. And so we went yeah. the wrong way a couple of times. And that was... And I think everybody that day, too, was, it was only, like, day three or four. Mm-hmm. That was when all your aches and pains and blisters kind of were adding up. And that was probably the only day where it seemed like... That day, maybe the day prior, where everybody was, like, a little bit kind of, like, testy. Mm, and yeah. after that, everybody really settled into a groove. and like just, yeah. just, But I, that was definitely the hardest day. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember one specific day being insanely hard. And, like, every day kind of had its own thing for me that made it, you know, more difficult than the other one. But, yeah, I think that, that day that was long. Because that was the day that we got really lost. Yeah, and I think everyone got lost. On well, that day. it was like we, a, we like got, we got lost. lost. We got lost from the trails because we were in this town, and we like went off to the trail to find a bank, and then we were trying to get back on it. We couldn't find it, and we were kind of wandering around the city, and kind of like what Naomi was saying before. This dude in the car was just like, 
Todd Pilgrims? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, go this way. And it was like kind of the right way, but like maybe not exactly the right <laughs> way. So we ended up like walking through this like city to meet back up with the path like five or six miles away from where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so you that guys was were like, like three or four miles ahead of the group that day too. Yeah. You, you, not three or four. We were like, we were there like maybe 30 minutes before you guys were at the Well, at I know, the but I mean yeah. like when you guys got, talked to me in the middle of the day, you're like, we're here. Where are you? I'm like, how did you get that far ahead of everybody? Yeah. There was also a cute, on that day, there was the, we walked through the vineyards and there was the, um, the little place in the woods, the little, oh, yeah. the, the, food little tr- the, the food truck, truck in the, the woods <laughs> that had delicious little smoothies. That was good. That was fun. Yeah, there were, I feel like there were always, like, there was one little, not one, but like, every day yeah, it had its own kind of flavor to it. Like, there wasn't any day that was like, oh my gosh, this is so much like this day or this day. And there was always something different happening you know and I think that's what makes that's part of the reason why it's special you know like because it's not um it's not predictable I guess it's not I mean it's predictable in the fact that you're like oh I'm gonna be walking today but I think some of it is predictable if you do a ton of research beforehand right there so as part of coordinating stuff I bought three different guidebooks to try and get the route planned and I purposely didn't read any of the information about the towns or what to expect on the route or really we kind of mapped it out based on distance because mm-hmm. you, you sort of know where you're going but you have different options in terms of which towns to stop at and I don't think hardly anyone on our trip looked anything up yeah, in advance no. we all kind of said we know where we're starting and we know where we're ending and we're just gonna wing it yeah and that well I think one added to the fun because there was all kinds of stuff that you don't expect running into like random churches or monasteries and just we saw a group of us jumped in like i don't know four or five rivers over mm-hmm. the trip uh we walked and found a public pool one day and they made us buy like shower caps to wear in the pool that's how nobody gets lice yeah actually i don't know if lice would transfer in water i don't feel I don't like know they how, would. i don't know how lice works out though me, we got some great pics of all of us hanging on the side of the pool in our shower caps, but it was... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like the other really good thing about our group was, like, everyone was really, like, funny. You know, like, like everyone had a good sense of humor about things, and we definitely obviously like any kind of big trip you go on where you experience that like there's always gonna be inside jokes but like I think the other thing that was really good was that our group even though some of us knew each other knew each other beforehand or like were closer than than other people that we were going with like it didn't we never really I never felt like there was like clicks going on or excluding people or um, everybody jumped around and talked yeah to everybody and I because I feel like I ended up inviting more people who came, there mm-hmm. were certain people that I invited who knew nobody other than yeah. me prior to practice hikes, and it was yeah, it was awesome to see the group kind of gel. Yeah. And there there were no clicks. Everybody just today like we'll still we had a birthday party for somebody who was on the trip, and like fourteen of the sixteen people showed up, and it's everybody just we yeah. kind of fall right back into place, and it's awesome that we still have that community that yeah. we built on the trip. But I also think it's, like, even with that community, like, 
now we are still kind of able to invite people into it because like even at the birthday party like uh whatever john amy's friend came and manuela came and just like different people come and we're able to kind of like absorb them and obviously we, we haven't experienced the same thing but we see the value of like bringing people into that community rather than being like oh we had this experience you can't be a part yeah. of it you know not like us trying to form our own com- even if we didn't form internal cliques not being like a camino clique right not, oh you weren't on the camino sorry so, bye yeah no. like you can go sit somewhere else but manuela did stable. say she was like i feel like i need a um a dictionary a camino dictionary yeah. because oh, i was gonna make her flash cards yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, number one, Chalky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we explained Chalky a couple times. On a, I feel like you can't really, like, well, we tried. explain yeah. Chalky. We made, we made an attempt to you explain. Can, you can explain where it initially came yeah. from, but then it just but after, it got a life of its own. It really did, yeah. It was even, like, the... So we have this thing where we... Like, Noah and I have these matching pineapple Hawaiian shirts, and we wear them to stuff sometimes, and you got a, a pineapple dress. And we were at... At this birthday party, and everybody's like, nobody told us about the pineapples. How did this start? And it's been going on for years. I honestly couldn't remember how it yeah. all kicked off until Noah and I talked about it later. So it's yeah. just... It's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. So, Camino, yeah. Um, what What do you think, like, when you look back on it? Like, I was I was saying, like, I really feel like, like it was kind of like a reintroduction. I said like in the last, like, paragraph. 37 times. We're going to have a running counter <sighs> in the episode that just... How many times did time Naomi say, say like... should, like, insert a chime or something that we can... Yeah. We need to do a video and it just increments. Oh, my gosh. Um, what do you see as the reason that you feel like God brought you on the Camino? Like, you know, because I said part of the reason was to kind of reintroduce me to the Christian life but um yeah we kind of go into it like we were going into it like Noah and I we've been wanting to do it for a really long time and um and I honestly didn't really have any expectations about what what was going to happen so like now that you have kind of stepped back what do you think um I've been on many trips like this. In the oh, past. okay. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, like Arkansas. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's for the friend of the podcast, right. Um, right. <laughs> No, I, I think God always put these opportunities in my life just to, um, kind of like what you were saying, just to like, it it always reinforces, um, my faith and stuff. Um, like before, I. I've been on three separate mission trips in Nicaragua and those are always really powerful for me because it's one of those things where you, you know, you have mass every day, you're, you know, helping these people and it's just this, um, really powerful testimony to the faith and, um, you know, how we can help others as Catholics. Um, and then just the other Spain trip I went on was, you know, very similar mass every day. Um, just immersing yourself in in the faith in a way that is harder to do in your day-to-day life again I I went to Ireland a few years ago and it was a similar it was a pilgrimage trip so it was just I feel like I've been um you know yeah these 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 types of things God has put into my life just because it 
It really does, yeah. It helps immerse myself in, like, completely into the Catholic faith. So then I'm more, like, recharged and, um, you know, ready to introduce, to, to immerse myself as much as I can in my day-to-day life, um, you know, just with that experience and that, like, just just how good it feels to, to completely immerse yourself in it. Um, you know, you desire it more once you're, you know, maybe you can't as much, but you, it's easier to, you know, put aside that time to, like, get into it more mm-hmm. um and then yeah that and just getting I think as a part of that getting away from the day-to-day is is really good for me to just to kind of like break out of the mundane to kind of experience something different and then yeah bring that back with you and just um yeah applying it to life and stuff yeah I would I'd been discerning like called the priesthood whether or not to enter seminary for a while before the trip and so it was not like a deadline but it was definitely a big intention for me and I got a lot of clarity on the trip and I feel like I got to help build the community along the way um also the you know the Lord they say when you walk in the Camino, God speaks to you. And oftentimes, like you mentioned, you didn't really have a big Jesus moment. I don't really ever have those. But there was a moment when I was walking, one of those moments when I was like, why God? And I, the reason I, I got... I've so many blisters. <laughs> yeah, the reason the reason I got for, for why God was sort of like, you know, you got, you got some pride you got to work on there, Chris. So that hit me really hard and is something that I realized I need to to work on like my intentions for a lot of things and just trying to love completely selfishly or selflessly not selfishly um and kind of like Noah mentioned it was a great reset because I there's people like emailing my boss at work asking if I could work extra time like the day before I left like could I meet with them in the evening and I'm like I'm going out of the country for three and a half weeks like I you guys are gonna have to live without me it was it was insane yeah and just being able to stop I've never been able to stop the world for that long and just disappear and to not really have cell service was awesome and to enter into that solitude and push reset like that was a beautiful experience I think the Lord wanted me to do that yeah so what Chris is saying is that his employer would basically disintegrated while he was gone like they no longer exist because they they were lost without him they ran fine <laughs> unless you're my boss if you're my boss listening <laughs> it was awful no everyone survived everyone yeah that's true ain't that the truth um I feel like something you said made me want to say something I can't remember it a lot of people say that oh yeah <laughs> you can't remember what some are saying. Some people are saying. Um, speaking of which, we have spoke of many times the friend of the podcast, <laughs> Father Steve. Wait, which one? Oh, Father Steve. Oh, Father Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so not not long time listener and friend of the podcast, Father Steve. Right. <laughs> um, before we went on the Camino, he was like, so there were six single girls, six single guys originally, and then like the two priests, and then two other girls kind of tagged on at the end, or not the end but like a little later. They weren't officially a part of our, like, we didn't book for 
They weren't yeah. part of like the trip planning, but we gave them everything we had, and they booked along with us. And they they were part of the trip, whether or not yeah. they paid for stuff with us or separately. Like they they were, they were yeah. there. And yeah, they were they were part of our trip. They just had to stay like twenty to thirty paces <laughs> behind us the whole time because we're like you're not a right. Part. You, you can be here with us. It's fine. But Cover just, your faces. You're not a part of our trip. Not a completely a part of our trip. So. Yeah. But in all honesty, I couldn't think of the trip without them and it was super awesome yeah, to have them around. Definitely. And even though we had we actually kinda of bullied them into coming. <laughs> it was so our one our one friend was we, we mentioned that she could come and she's like, Oh, I don't know she's kinda of hemming and hawing and so Noah and I cornered her after mass one day or at church somewhere and we were like, Just come on the trip. You should do it. You know you want to. We all want you to come. And you if, guys... you ever, if you've ever been cornered by me or Chris, you know how right, how, how awful that is. So if it's both you'll, of us you'll agree to mostly anything if you're cornered by either yeah. of us. You guys sound like the the like Catholic pilgrimage pilgrimage mafia or something. Yeah. Like, oh we cornered them after mass. We're like, You're coming on this trip, okay. right? <laughs> Be ashamed if you didn't. Right. Uh, oh boy. Anywho, yeah, so Father Steve was like, oh, someone's going to get married in Santiago, and... No, 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 don't, you're totally underselling okay. it. was not, it was not Father Steve, somebody will get married in Santiago. It was Father Steve at planning weddings being like, if Chris gets married to this person or this right. person, while I'm sitting next to them, making it as awkward as possible, Yeah. and then Father Paul, every time, Father Paul deadpanning like a champ, he was oh, yes. more like... One of my favorite parts of the whole thing was even prior to the trip. Anytime Father Steve brought it up, Father Paul would be sitting in the back going, have you come here freely and without coercion? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, uh... <laughs> yeah, so he was definitely gunning for someone to um, get married in Santiago, but it didn't happen. It could have. I think it could have happened, but I... it, it didn't. Maybe it did, and we just don't know. I... I'm confident. I'm, I'm confident that it didn't happen, but I'm I'm also I'm also not saying it won't. Mm. Mm. The next time we do on the piano, no. Um. Yeah. So that was like a big thing, or not a big thing, but we were kind of. That was a big joke going into it, but like also, Father Steve was like low key serious. I think about it. He was like, mm. um. He was, he was shipping some people. He definitely, oh yes, he, he was, was he OTP. Was, he, was, he was shipping pretty hard. <laughs> yes. Who do you think was Father's OTP? One true pairing. Honestly, it was probably me and Chris, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that will be his OTP forever. Um, until you're married and I'm married to different people, but... He'll probably still be Yeah, he'll be like, so, so when, you like, got, when your spouses die... Yeah. <laughs> Um, another cool thing that I forgot to mention was, like, every night, so the priest kind of killed it, doing, like, um, setting things up spiritually for us, so obviously we had mass, and that was really cool, but also, um, like, we had, we did night prayer together, and we had, like, a a customized litany of the saints, of all these different saints that people had had, uh, sent it, or had chosen to be a part of it, and everyone gave a test, or not everyone, (laughs) Everyone gave a testimony collectively at the end of the night. No, but one person every night gave gave their testimony, and that that for me was really was really awesome. Just getting to hear people share, like either sometimes they would share about what what happened on the trip that was really big for them, or they would share about their lives, or they would share you know just like how they kind of came back to the faith or whatever. Um, 
yeah, some converts, some reverts. Some, yeah. Everybody, there's the faith journey people. Oh, faith journey. Yep. Everyone's favorite expression. And then yeah. some of the testimony that was like, this is what happened on the strip. Yeah, like and today. No. The, the, yeah, it was an awesome mix, and I appreciated everyone's mm-hmm. testimony. Just, and it was also really cool because I, like, sometimes people would give testimony and you'd talk to them the next day and you'd either get more of the story that they didn't. You know, yeah. necessarily want to give like the one hour version of their testimony, right. but or I, you'd get the longer version, then you hear the shorter version, and you get to kind of piece it all together mm-hmm. and talk to them about it. It was a great way to one learn and grow in faith, and two just get to know the group of yeah. people that you're with because it's almost like a weird icebreaker. It's it, like, oh, it get totally up and tell is. the class right, like how you like why you love Jesus. Why you love Jesus, yeah. So, my favorite testimony was Noah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not that I didn't love your testimony. Oh, we loved your testimony. Yeah, no, I liked everyone's testimony. Everyone's did. Everyone's. Um, I don't know. What else is there to talk about? We walked. What about the food? We walked. We walked. We, walked, we cried. And we <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Um, so, the food okay. in Europe overall was kind of disappointing, with a few exceptions. Okay, exceptions. So, like, Naomi, you and I were on a trip to Poland a couple years ago, and we were, we spent a day in Rome, we were like, the Italian food was on point, but Eastern Europe, not necessarily known for their cuisine. Yeah. When I was in France, like, the bread and the the pastries were amazing, and similar, Spain was kind of the same way, but I felt like both countries only had five things on the menu. Yeah. Even if you try and avoid the touristy areas, there was like, you can get these five items here, or these five items here but they were the same five everywhere and like no so when you're on Camille you do the pilgrim meal a lot of the time so along the route these places you pay like 10 euro and you get like a two course I guess you could say meal you get a pasta and then like a piece of meat and there's always french fries anywhere you go yeah there's always so many potatoes yeah you eat so it's there was a lot there was a lot of jokes about the french fries some are better than others and some people are yeah but my favorite my favorite food thing from Spain was definitely the fresh squeezed orange juice that was everywhere. Oh, yes. It's not like fresh squeezed orange juice you get in the U.S. because the oranges would be so yeah. much better. And to be able to watch people just pump oranges into a machine and just give you a glass of that. The oranges, the espresso, like, we we got, so we all went to mass at the same place today and some of us got coffee afterwards and I, I was craving espresso because we were going to do this and I was thinking about Spain. Mm-hmm. So I ordered an espresso while we were there, and I took a sip, and I was like, this is garbage. Why, why am I drinking this? I want my fancy Spanish, Spanish espresso. espresso. Yeah. Then, cerveza de limon, which... Everyone else was super into this lemon beer, cerveza de limon. I was only into the limon. I was into lemon Fanta okay. for life. Le- lemon Fanta is amazing. But you also have a cute cerveza de limon, so it's like beer mixed almost 50-50 with lemon juice, a lot of it, or, you know, Noah, Noah likes to make a big thing about how it's, like, summer shandy, he's wrong. That's, that's what it, that's what a he's, shandy is, it's, it's lemon and lemonade and beers. But this isn't lemonade, this is just, it's, it's, it's lemon, it's, and it's, 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 it it's, so, it's so much better than the shandy that's in the U.S., it deserves its own category. And so, it's 2% alcohol, like, it's basically... I thought you were going to say it's 2% milk. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there was no sense why that was what it was, but yeah, in no, my head it was 2% yeah. milk. It, anyway. It's two, It's it's basically a pop, because 2% alcohol, you couldn't... Mm-hmm. Some people could probably catch a buzz off it. I couldn't have caught a buzz off it if I tried. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm an alcoholic. Um, mm. And it, I, yeah, honestly, I guess thinking about it now, there was like the pastries in France, and then it was the beverages in yeah, Spain. Spain where did the, have good beverages. Were the memorable parts of it because yeah. the food was not. Yeah. Didn't blow like, me away. Yeah. I think the funny thing that I keep going back to is like when we get to when we got to Madrid the night before we were leaving to go back home it was like 12 30 and we walked I don't know probably like half a mile to go to this Taco Bell and oh. it was the best Taco Bell I've ever had in my life and it was it was just because I was so hungry and, it, it tastes, and because it I wanted different. like food and I wanted like non-pilgrim meal food so we had that going for us but um, last thoughts, Camino, last thoughts? Last thoughts or final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, yeah, do the Camino. Do, do it. Bring your own priest. We brought two priests in case we lost one, thankfully they both came back. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and there was an incentive about who was the best priest from the trip. <laughs> mm. yeah. Wait, there was? What was yeah. the incentive? You got the paper plate award that said best priest oh. and not best priest runner up. <laughs> we didn't. We never did paper plate awards though. No, we never yeah. actually did it, but it was a lot of fun talking about it. I like dropped something on one of our practice heights, a rapper, and um, Father Steve was like, You're not going to win the Laudato C paper plate award. I Stop thinking of songs, but somewhere on day one, I started singing "I Will Walk 500 Miles" as a joke, yes. 
And then periodically for the rest of the trip, like me and a few other people would just go, da da da. Which obviously is the beat to that song if you lived under a rock and you never heard it. So it was it was fun because then there would be like half of the group would just chip in and everybody would start doing that part. So that that was definitely the song of the of the walk for me. Um, Amy, if I had some deep question that you would associate with the Camino, a deep what, question. what is your thing that you associate in the deep thoughts? In the deep socks no. way? Uh, in the deep end with Naomi Fraser. Mm. Uh, I have to beep out my last name. I'm just kidding. That's it. It's in my insert profile. Um, I feel like I associate the Camino with, I don't know, I don't even know if I had some deep question too. I think with like wondering, I don't know, actually. Just like yes question mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, I associate yes, no. Um, I'm trying to think of something particular. Particular, any particular way. I think being on the Camino, like I associated it with another way that God showed me. Just, like, how he shows me his blessing, but also just, like, how much the little things are important to him, um, just in different ways. Like, when we were in Santiago, the ch- we had a private mass in one of the side chapels um, at the cathedral, and it was in the chapel of Riley Asaros, who I have a big devotion to. So, like, that was just, like, it's, like, a little thing, but it's a big thing. And, like, that same, like, la- a little bit later I went and... Um, I was able, no one else was at the tomb of St. James, and so I was just able to pray there for a minute, just, like, by myself, and, like, that's a, that's a big little thing for me, just, like, getting to keep by myself. (laughs) They were in the background. Um, or, like, even just, like, there's a big statue of St. James that you go and hug, and, like... Yeah, I had no idea that you did that. It was, like, until we got to Santiago, and I... People are like, are you going to hug the statue of St. James? And I, yeah, as someone who coordinated all this stuff, right. sure, I had no idea no, that I was know. a thing that you did. But it's until awesome. Until an hour before the cathedral. It, it took, it, yeah, the fact there's a statue and you're just like, you hello, hello hug. saint that I didn't know that much about that I now have a big devotion to, right. I'm hugging you. Hey. I just like this bejeweled jade case. Oh. Yeah, like yeah. how do I get one of those for me? Oh, but. there was definitely a couple when I went up to go hug him a second time on day two who didn't know you were supposed to hug the statue. Mm. And they stayed, like, where you're not supposed to be, and they saw me hug them, and they were, like, kind of looked at each other, like, oh, we can do this? Like, yes. this is a thing? And they, I don't know if they thought other people did it, or if I was weird. Did they but, wait for a second to see if security tackled you? <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely, like, stopped, and they were, like, I'm, I'm hugging his statue now. Yes. Like, that white boy did it. Yes. So, yeah, little things. Little things. Little things. Um, alright. Yeah, would you say that after going on the Camino, you're the same but different? Oh, oh. Bring it around to you. 
also for Eric? Um, every podcast is for Eric. Okay. I'm going to be real as, as it should be. That was the only reason I agreed to come <laughs> on, right. honestly. For Eric. This one's for you. It'll just be, this one's for you, Eric, number three. Part two. Part two. <laughs> Episode two. Episode two. Yeah. No. I don't know. We'll see. Guys, make sure you go out and buy some Dole Pineapple. Thanks for sponsoring two guys. Mm-hmm. And... 